Welcome to the Evangel Temple Youth Ministries podcast. We pray that this message would be instrumental in God speaking to you and drawing you closer to Him. Now, here's today's sermon. We're going to be starting up this new series tonight that I am extremely excited for, and maybe some of you guys have been looking forward to for quite some time. Uh, maybe we're well overdue for said series. If you see up on the screen, it is a series on the Holy Spirit, and we're titling it Him. It's really simple, Him. Uh, where did we get that, that, um, that title? Well, first of all, because we want to get it out of everyone's mind, this, this idea that the Holy Spirit's a thing, and it, uh, it's him. Uh, but also, I think there's this like intimidation factor when we start talking about this individual, him, when we start talking about him, uh, because he is the one that we don't necessarily understand, right? We hear sermons about Jesus all the time. We hear sermons about God, and we assume the Father, but we don't always hear sermons about him, the person that is the Holy Spirit. And, and we... Um, we also want to talk about him because it's him that um, maybe your youth camp kind of butchered the theology of him. And so um, that, that just happens. That's a reality. And so we want to start just really unfolding and unpacking who this individual is and how he works and how he moves and how he interacts with us. And so um, to give you a quick preface before Jackson comes up, we're going to be spending six weeks looking at him. And we, uh, we're going to be seeing tonight his relationship with the other two members of the Trinity, God the Father and Jesus. And, uh, and then moving forward, the next five weeks will be his interactions uh, with us and how he moves within us. So we're going to be looking very generally how he works in our lives next week. And then um, you're going to be hearing not only from Jackson and myself three different times of the six sermons, but you're going to be hearing from uh, Abby and Autumn. And so they're going to be speaking from their hearts and speaking from Scripture on what it talks about um, about him, but we're going to be looking at how he s- sanctifies us, he makes us holy, how he regenerates us, gives us new life, and um, yes, we will be looking at the spiritual gifts that, um, that he enables uh, his people to have. That includes tongues and prophecies and, and, and the rest. And so, uh, this will be a really interesting sermon series and a, an exciting one. And so uh, I hope that you are here for the next six weeks for every single one of them and you listen in and you and you grow with your relationship with him. That's our goal ultimately. So um, I've taken far too much time already with that introduction. But uh, without further ado, would you invite um, Jackson up with a round of applause as he comes to give the word. Thanks to you too, ma'am. All right, you may have noticed that I have a lightsaber hanging from my belt, and there's a reason for that you will find out in a minute. Are you guys doing okay? You guys having a good night so far? You guys sound really excited. Yeah, yes, that's what I want. Yeah. Well, friends, tonight I am super excited to kick off this new series on the Holy Spirit. I can promise all of you that this is going to be a learning experience for all of us, not just you guys, but for your leaders and your pastors as well. And I think, honestly, that we're going to have a lot of fun together. So before we get started, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time that we have here together tonight. Father, we seek to learn more about you. Father, we seek to learn more about principles in the Bible and principles about your love. 
Father, we just want to know more about you. And Father, we lift up every need that is in this house tonight, Father, that you would be with everyone, that you would guide, with every, guide everyone, and that you would nurture everyone. We thank you, Father, and in your name we pray, amen, amen. So before we dive into the study of the Holy Spirit, I think there's value in asking some of the more basic questions that we have about the Holy Spirit. Many of you guys walking in here today might be confused on who exactly the Holy Spirit is, and maybe you might even be confused on who the Holy Trinity is. You know, when I think of the Holy Spirit and when I was thinking about writing the sermon, there were a few questions that came into mind when asking about the Holy Spirit. So just a couple questions for you, like who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? How do I have a real relationship with the Holy Spirit? And what is the Holy Spirit's relationship to the Holy Trinity? And to begin our discussion, guys, I just want to clarify with you that we have so many questions about the Holy Spirit because humanity has forgotten who God is. I'm going to say that again. Humanity has forgotten who God is. Now, let me explain that real fast. How many of you guys in this room have read the book of Genesis? Anyone read the whole book of Genesis? Okay, a couple hands. Well, it's the first book in the Bible, and it explains many big biblical events like the creation of our world, the first sin. And honestly, guys, it summarizes why we have fallen to recognize who the Holy Spirit is. So I'm going to summarize the first part of Genesis very briefly for you guys. First chapter, it opens up with God creating all the elements of our world. I'm not going to say it in the correct order, but he created the animals, the plants, the light. I know it's not the right order at all. But anyways, he created everything a part of our world. And then he created Adam and Eve. And then sometime later, Eve, the first sin, ate of, ate of the forbidden fruit that God specifically told her not to eat of. And then she got Adam to eat of the fruit as well. And because of this, they were banished from the Garden of Eden and therefore banished from the presence of God. Before the fall of mankind, Adam and Eve knew what it was like to interact with God. It's clearly referenced that God was walking among them Look at it with me in Genesis 3.8 where it says this, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God walking among the trees in the garden. God walked among them. Adam and Eve sinned. And as a result of that sin, they lost that privilege to walk among God. And now thousands of years later, we need to study this question of who is the Holy Spirit because we've become confused and we've even lost who the Holy Spirit is. And let me prove it to you that we've really confused who the Holy Spirit is in our theology. You see, over time, people have been preaching two common misconceptions, or I call them lies, about the Holy Spirit. The first one, first misconception that I want to talk to you guys real fast, is that they came in different phases in biblical history about the Holy Trinity. Let me explain that real fast. This misconception deals with the fact that the Father existed in the Old Testament, Jesus existed in the New Testament, and the Holy Spirit exists now. It's not true, but this is, this is what they think it means, that the Father existed in the Old Testament to create our world, to guide the Israelites, and to guide the prophets, that Jesus came down in the New Testament as human form to die on the cross for our sins, and that the Holy Spirit exists now. That's what this misconception is. And the other misconception that I want to talk to you guys about is what I like to call Star Wars theology. Does anyone here like Star Wars? Anyone a big fan? Oh, thank goodness. Okay, not going to lie to you guys, I am a total nerd. I remember watching it for the first time when I was four years old. Bruh, it was, I love it, I love it. 
But there's a correlation between Star Wars, actually, and this misconception that I want to talk to you guys about real fast. You see, this wrong belief deals with the idea that the Holy Spirit is that when God came, became man, excuse me, I butchered that, when God became man, and then when he died, and when he rose up to heaven, he left a part of him with, you, with him on earth, which is what we know as the Holy Spirit. This idea deals with the fact that the Holy Spirit was left on earth as a mystical force, Star Wars force, again, that was dumb, but it deals with the idea that God is a mystical force rather than who he really is. And friends, let me just tell you that both of these misunderstandings are incorrect. And I'm, I'm done with this. So, tonight, I want to talk to you guys about who he really is. See, guys, it boils all down to this. The Holy Spirit is the same with God. He is the same with the Son, but he is also distinct from the other members in the Trinity. All three members of the Holy Trinity provide different functions, but are all of the same being. Look at it with me in 2 Corinthians 13, 14, where it says this, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. These two truths about him, that the Holy Spirit is the same with the Father and the Son, but that the Holy Spirit is distinct from the Father and the Son, are essential to understanding who he really is. So first, point one, the Holy Spirit is unified with the other Trinity members. He is one with Jesus. He is one with the Father. All three of them are one. And this is no doubt a difficult concept for people to understand. And the Bible isn't exactly clear on every incrementing detail about the Trinity. And a few months ago, I had the privilege of overhearing a pastor have a conversation with a Muslim man trying to explain this concept to him. And it was really cool. If you know anything about Islam, you'd know that Islam is a very monotheistic religion, and they don't have anything like a holy trinity in Islam. And I just remember this Muslim man was asking the pastor, saying, what is the holy trinity? What are you guys talking about? And the man was doing, the pastor was doing a really good job explaining how God is one being, but he, has, he is three separate persons as well. And this Muslim man could not wrap his mind around what in the world this Holy Trinity was. It was a fascinating um, conversation I overheard. And to be honest, guys, I was being a complete creeper and eavesdropped on the whole thing because it was, it was a really cool conversation to hear from. But I think the Bible says enough about what the Holy Trinity is. In John 14, 26... Jesus shows this unity between the Trinity clearly when he says this, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, this is Jesus talking, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance, excuse me, all that I have said to you. In this verse, we see that they are clearly distinct, but they are each also God. And perhaps the most unifying function about the Holy Spirit is that the, the Father and the Son, all three of them, they save together. All three members of God are active in the act of salvation. 2 Corinthians 1, 21-22 says this, And it is God who establishes us with you in Christ and has appointed us, and who has also put his seal on us and given us his spirit in our rights as a guarantee. So here's how salvation works, guys. When you are saved, you repent to the Father. And then you choose to put your faith in Christ Jesus, that he came in human form and that he died for us. And then by the cleansing of the Holy Spirit, our sins are wiped away and we are no longer dirty. And honestly, guys, this is why we baptize in the name of all three. 
In Matthew 29, 19, it says this, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, here it is again, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you guys have seen this before, but have you ever seen a baptism where they actually will dunk the person three separate times, saying, and the Father, of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit? It's a common thing churches do. But in this verse, Jesus is saying, go and baptize the people in his name, the Father's name, and in the Holy Spirit's name. You see, guys, we need all three members to be baptized, and we need all three members to be saved. (sighs) Can I tell you guys an embarrassing story real fast about this? This is not one of my finest moments. So, unfortunately, this was last year when I was an adult, and I'm still an adult, obviously, but... Uh, in my neighborhood, we happen to have a big neighborhood pool, and in my neighborhood, there's a lot of old people. Keep that in mind. It's, keep that in mind for later. But uh, every summer, me and my brother actually get paid to manage this pool. It's a stupid easy gig. 20 minutes of your day, you go down there, make sure the pool's clean, and you're good. Well, me and my brother are very competitive, and like we'd even would race down to the pool and see who'd get there faster. We'd bet money. Uh, on it. Sorry, I know I'm in a church, but I shouldn't have said that, but we did, and I'm confessing, but uh, one time we were down there, and we were super bored. It was really hot outside. Nobody was at the pool, and we saw two pool noodles, and we thought, well, let's just duke it out. Let's get our anger out on each other. So just like Star Wars, you know, we grab these noodles, and we just start going to town at each other. We're slapping each other. We've got a bunch of red marks, and then we thought, you know, let's, throw, let's do it in the pool because it's hot. So we put the noodles down, and we start wrestling in the pool. And I'm not talking just like pushing. I'm talking like punching, kicking. He even bit me. And I was like, bro, you're 17. Quit the biting. Not a raccoon. So we're just like, so we're just going at it, right? And then finally, I don't know how he managed to do this, but he like kicked me in the neck. I don't know how, but like this little guy got enraged. I got full of rage. And I just was like, Oh, he's dead. So what I did was, <laughs> this is bad. So what I did was I splashed a bunch of water in, in his eyes, and then I kicked his feet out from under him, and I put him in a headlock, and I got him in the water. And uh, so what I did was I said, Cameron, I now baptize you in the name of the Father. Held him down for five seconds. And of the Son, held him down for another five seconds. And of the Holy Spirit, again for another five seconds, okay? And he got up, and he was like, Jackson, what the heck? What are you doing? And I said, you just got baptized. You're welcome. <laughs> and then, uh, so I, I was really happy with myself. I was very proud. And then I look up at the entrance of the pool, and there are 10 old people looking at me with this same expression. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. And so I tried to get out of the pool, and then I thought, well, I don't want them to see my face, right? So I decided to cover my head with a towel and to run out of the pool, and I proceeded to run into the gate with, and then got a black eye. So that's what I get for trying to wrestle with baptism. I don't recommend you guys ever doing that. But friends, while the Holy Spirit is one with the Father, and while he is one with the Son, ooh, that rhymes, he is distinct from both members. Now, the Bible lays out many specific functions, functions excuse me, in which the Holy Spirit is distinct from the Father and of the Son. And I'll, I have a small list for you guys on how they are distinct. This is not every function that the Holy Spirit does. But I think these are key in understanding the Holy Spirit and how he is distinct from the Father and the Son. So the first one I want to point out to you guys is that the Holy Spirit judges sin. And it says it clearly in John 16, 7 through 8, where it says this, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. 
For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Jesus is saying here that the Spirit of God will come and judge all sin. What he's saying is that everyone that's ever lived, everyone that's going to live, the Holy Spirit will judge you and will judge your sin. The Holy Spirit completes the will of God. Scripture also talks about how God sends the Spirit to plead for his people and to plead for the saints. Check it out in Romans 8.27 where it says this, And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. And in the same way does the Spirit intercede for us, in the same way does the Spirit empower us, the Spirit empowered Jesus during his ministry while he was here on earth. Luke 4.1 says this, And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days. Without the Holy Spirit, do you think Jesus could complete his ministry? I'm going to go out on a limb here, guys, and I'm going to say no. I think Jesus needed the Holy Spirit to complete his ministry. And there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit played a part in the resurrection of Jesus. Needless to say from this verse, we can derive that the Holy Spirit is powerful and he completes the will of God. Thirdly, the Holy Spirit dwells in all believers. 1 Corinthians 3.16 proves this when it says this, Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? The Spirit of God dwells in you. The Spirit of God dwells in everyone that was created. The Spirit of God dwells, when I say everyone created, I mean people that haven't even been saved yet. The Spirit of God dwells in every living thing because it is of him. Fourthly, the Holy Spirit also knows the very thoughts of God. And this is very interesting. This is something I did not know, but I thought this was incredible. 1 Corinthians 1, 10, uh, excuse me, 1, 2, 10 through 11, excuse me, says this. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person, which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. How crazy would it be to know the very thoughts of God? How marvelous to know God's about to make this move. God's about to bless this person. God's about to heal this person. But that's, that's what the Holy Spirit gets. If the Spirit knows the thought, very thoughts of God, there's no doubt that the Holy Spirit knows the very heart of God. And the heart of the God is his people. The heart of God beats for you. The heart of God beats for all the unbelievers of the world. Not just the believers, but of the unbelievers. And the Holy Spirit feels that, and the Holy Spirit has a heart for you as well. Isn't that cool? I think it's awesome. Romans 8, 26 through 27 says this, In the same way, the Spirit helps, in our, helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Friends, the Spirit of God is wisdom. The Spirit of God is knowledge. The Spirit of God is power. And the Spirit of God is love. No matter what situation you are facing, no matter how weak you may feel in your circumstance, the Spirit of God is with you and he dwells in you. 
The Spirit of God will lead you through any situation. Like I said earlier, the Holy Spirit is not just some force that you can come upon and say, hey, I need this, thank you. That's not at all what the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is a living being, a worshiped being, and she deserves just as much praise as the Father and the Son. So I know I've used a ton of verses, and with all these verses that I've thrown at you and all this insight that we have discussed, what in the world does that mean for us? Honestly, guys, I think all too often, I think the Spirit of God is brushed over in terms of our worship, honestly. I think that since, that since there is so much we don't know about the Holy Spirit, I think he's kind of ignored in our church sometimes. Not just ET, I'm talking globally. And guys, I just pray that you guys would begin to realize how vital the Holy Spirit is in our walk with God. Like I said, he's not just some force. He is real. He is a living being. He's not a what. He's not an it. He's real, and he is God. Like the Father and like the Son, the Holy Spirit is one. You see, pursuing the Holy Spirit, guys, will build your relationship with God and will grow you closer together with him. And I think this can play out in a few specific ways. I think one thing you can do is in your time of prayer, call out his name specifically. How many times have you heard someone say, start out a prayer by saying, Father, or Jesus, I ask for this. You hear that a lot. But I think that if growing closer with the Holy Spirit, I think it means calling out his name specifically. And even in our worship as well, focusing your attention on worshiping the Holy Spirit specifically, aiming to know who more what he is. I believe that all of us need to spend time in prayer and worship, focusing on him alone if we want to grow closer to God. And honestly, guys, the implications are amazing. You will notice how close you go to God, grow, to, grow, to, grow closer to God, excuse me. Friends, would you please stand with me? Let's go ahead and spread out and get ready to pray. As you guys pray, I want to encourage you guys to focus your attention on the Holy Spirit. Call out his name specifically. Focus your worship on him. And I promise you, you will grow closer with him. Let's pray. We hope you enjoyed the sermon. If you want to find out more about our youth ministry or any other ministry here at Evangel Temple, you can visit our website at ecchurch.org. Thanks for listening, and we hope to see you soon.